0: topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitian's Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu.
1: Welcome to episode 142 of the Naturally Nourished podcast. In today's episode, we are talking all about troubleshooting your keto, taking on some of the most frequently asked questions from our current round, which is round six of my virtual food as medicine 12-week real food keto program. So we'll be doing a lot of troubleshooting as we get into today's episode and functional medicine approaches to why you might be at a stall or dealing with an undesired side effect or haven't achieved that Keto high yet. But we're also going to be covering Miss Stella's third birthday, which we just wrapped up yesterday. She turned three on June 8th, the little Gemini princess. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to share with you guys some of the adventure and um, activities uh, as I always like to kind of do. Uh, you know, her birthday is a time to reflect upon my journey in parenting and um, also just let you guys know about some of our favorite spots in Austin and what we've been up to as a family.
2: Yes, super, super fun. And I was able to, Byron and I were both able to participate in some of the weekend's activities. So excited to share from our perspective too. Uh, but yes, we keep promising you guys a an FAQ or a Q&A type of episode and then running out of time. So we decided to just dedicate a full yes. episode to that. Um, and yes, we'll be having Allie, reflect on some of your parenting approaches and Stella's well care. Um, and I know this is something so many of our listeners already kind of know about through Instagram, and we pretty much all know Stella through your Instagram stories.
1: <laughs> yes, this is true.
2: <laughs> so let's talk about the agenda. She had quite a birthday, like long weekend,
1: really. Yeah, like like she should, like, yes. like we like to do. Everyone and. Should. She hasn't learned from you yet, Becky, to have a birthday oh, month. Oh, it's a full
2: month. Mine starts in a couple of days.
1: So, so <laughs> just, just, maybe you can take her under her wing, and, <laughs> and under your wing and, and really rub off on her there. But yes, we had three days of crazy. Um, so my parents came in actually on Wednesday. Her actual birthday was on Saturday. And I took Friday off. I finished my book last week. So the week Woo-hoo. prior, yeah, and and so I really wanted to kind of shift and focus inward and have some family time and reground. So I took off from clinic on Friday, which was amazing, and uh, we did a lot of fun stuff. Let's see. So Thursday, we went to Snooze, which is one of my favorite spots. It's a Denver-based kind of farm-to-table breakfast restaurant, and they have a couple locations in Arizona, and they have a couple in Houston now, as well as Austin, And, uh, so I got Stella a surprise gluten-free chocolate chip pancake and it was pretty hilarious. She was really excited that everyone sang to her and, um, she had just two scrambled eggs and a side order of bacon. Uh, and that's like her standard breakfast out, maybe avocado and sometimes berries. I brought my own berries for her though today at that day. And, um, all she did was pick out a single chocolate chip and <laughs> she wouldn't take a bite of the pancake. I think she's just so not into like, I think it's a rice flour base that they mm-hmm. use, uh, which I think makes a really fluffy, nice Yeah, it's mouth a great feel. texture. I know. <laughs> Um, so mom took like two bites, but, uh, yeah, we, we left most of the pancake, which I was like, okay, channel savory still. You've got this. It's a great, great way to kick off your birthday weekend. And, um, let's see, we did an awesome hike at Sculpture Falls. Uh, we got to see two different groupings of waterfalls and, uh, Brady and I both jumped off of cliffs. And Stella got a huge kick out of that. We put her floaters on, and she was walking in the river and yelling, "I am Moana!" And that was <laughs> <That's> amazing. amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a five-mile uh, hike. So if you're in the Austin area, Sculpture Falls is one of our family favorite stops. It gets a little bit like spring break crazy in the summer. <laughs> like <laughs> definitely, we had a soundtrack on our hike back out, which was maybe not as delightful as selected. Um, like a lot of wrap and stuff um, and people like hike in with coolers of beer and whatever. Mm-hmm. But but when you get to the second waterfall, it's much more serene and, and peaceful there. Um, so that was really fun. And um, then we went to one of our favorites, La Condessa downtown. Um, I also cooked a lot. We made pork tenderloin, wrapped up class five of our keto class that week Uh, let's see what else we did. We made on Saturday, uh, Stella's almond butter banana pancakes, which are going to be in the anti-anxiety diet cookbook. And then we went to the dinosaur park, which is like South Austin between, um, Oh, what's the name of the area? It starts with a G. I want to call it LaGrange, but it's not LaGrange. Well, you know I'm not good with directions. I know it's no, isn't Bastrop. It in Bastrop. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Okay, between Bastrop and the airport, um, and it was like in a it was a pretty legit dinosaur park. And Becky and Byron met us there, and uh, Brady's uh, dad and stepmom, and so we had six adults and Stella, <laughs> and um, it was a rocking, rocking party. I mean, eight, eight adults, eight adults, and Stella, yeah. it was nine of us. Yeah. And um, there were, like, 30-plus huge sculptures of dinosaurs. And it was really cool because you got to kind of go through a, a wooded trail um, to spot all the dinosaurs. And Stella was like, oh, and that's a Parasaurolophus. I have and to say. A, a <laughs> okay. And that's an Iguanodon and a, a, a dinosaurus.
2: I was so impressed by her
1: pronunciation
2: and her memorization of all these dino names. I'm like, I have no idea what these it things are. It used to just
1: be Triceratops and T Rex and, and Brontosaurus. Like, yeah,
2: yeah, you're and like now, standard.
1: Yeah, now Brachiosaurus, who has the little spiky thing on top of his head, it's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, it was all things dinosaur. Um, we did really simple bites at home, just some organic Trader Joe's chicken wings with adobo seasoning and some paprika and olive uh, avocado oil, excuse me. Uh, Becky made an awesome guac, uh, which we served with epic pork rinds. We had out blue corn chips and Siete chips. So, choose your own adventure of your <laughs> carb ratio yes. and, yep. and choice of <laughs> crunch. Uh, we did bacon wrapped dates, um, which are amazing and so simple. Um, I actually quartered. The medjool dates. Sometimes I'll even sixth them because you really don't need much. Um, and then I'll take a half slice of bacon and you roll it up and you put the oven kind of low and slow, 300 degrees, 40 minutes. And then you flip the toothpick that, that you wrap around the bacon around the date, stick a toothpick in, bake them for 40 minutes at 300, flip them all, And then you bake them for another 30 minutes or so. And then we did a little simple balsamic reduction where we just heated balsamic vinegar uh, on the top of the stove. And so that cooks down and caramelizes a little bit and drizzled that on top dreamy. And then we made fruit kebabs with watermelon hearts. So I did big like cross-sectional slices of watermelon and used cookie cutters. And uh, we did them on big kebab sticks. And Stella enjoyed stringing her kebabs. And then we did uh, Lucy's fried chicken on the lake. Uh, And Becky and I very commonly will order the same thing. (laughs) So we got like the, I don't know, it was called like the Southwestern Cobb salad or something like that with jalapeno and all of the things, and and, and low-carb margaritas because balance.
2: Yes. And it's <laughs> so, so pretty there. So I know you're going to be putting together in the coming weeks, a little Austin kind of restaurant guide. Um, and Lucy's Fried Chicken should definitely, get gets my vote for just atmosphere and ambiance and pretty view of the lake. Although it was really, really hot. It Lisa. was really hot. Yeah. It's like, Oasis, I can't even eat my
0: food. It's so
1: hot. <laughs> I know. Oasis Brewing Company is also awesome. I think one of those too is a definite stop if you have an extra day in Austin, because uh, it's just a totally different perspective and you feel like... Like you're in another part of the world. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. It's so great. And so we did Lucy's fried chicken, then headed back for cake or dino dirt.
1: Is that called a trifle? 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 I think so. A dino dirt cake, we'll call it. Dino dirt cake. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be blogging it. Uh, and I think hopefully we have some decent photos. I think so. I'm sure Becky's going to want to re-photograph it eventually. You know, but Someday. But yeah, not I, in any rush. No, no. It was, it was awesome though. It was... Um, A layer – in hindsight, the trifle bowl that we got was – the diameter was too large for what we had. So it would have been better to maybe do like small ball jar individuals or to do like a four to six inch. I think my trifle was like 10 or or something like that. Um, But I did a first layer of ground almonds, pecans, walnuts, uh, dates, Uh, raw cacao powder, salt, and vanilla. And then basically I made that the day before and then like crumbled it up. So it was actually a take on my Coco Chia Bliss Balls that are in the Naturally Nourished Cookbook. Uh, Then I did an avocado chocolate mousse, also a take on a recipe in the Naturally Nourished Cookbook. So I used three avocados. Uh, I think I used seven or six dates, cacao powder, vanilla extract, very similar ingredient profile, but totally different with the avocado instead of the ground nuts. And then, um, So that was like the creamy uh, layer on top of the dirt and more like a lighter brown color spectrum. And then I did uh, two pints of fresh raspberries with beet powder and full-fat coconut cream. So I kind of uh, pulled the cream at the top of the can out, blended that with about a teaspoon of honey, and then that was like a creamy – tart berry layer and then layered all the layers again and I used dino gummy or gelatin molds and I did three different types of gelatin using further foods gelatin. I did a black cherry, a black cherry coconut, and then a mango orange turmeric. So I will put definitely all the gelatin recipes on and, um, I will put the trifle layers and then we'll see what photos look like. It might just be a picture of Stella smiling. Yep.
2: <laughs> we'll see. It, was, it was assembled after a couple of margs, So
1: yeah. And in too big of a container one of those things. Yeah. But I think she said when I stepped out to get the candle and light it, I think I heard my mom said, she said, this is the best cake yep. in the world. Yeah, In the world. I heard it too. <laughs> so that's all that matters. <laughs> Yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And so fun and like kind of interactive with the the gummies you could bite off your dinosaur's tail and
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So like a mud cake, but in a totally yeah. nourishing way. Yep. Yeah, not and the, then, like
2: Oreo right. <laughs> gummy worm.
1: No shortcuts. Nope. nope don't do that. And um, yeah, then we just had a really mellow, you know, rest of the evening and a lot of dancing to Lori Berkner. And Becky and Byron did the most amazing thing. They made a music video for Stella. <laughs> that you really can't capture in words. Um, And I don't think I can share it. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about it going on YouTube. (laughs) No, we'll keep it just private, just in the family. But it it totally made Stella's Weekend. It was really special. And then uh, I just made a frittata. I love doing frittatas when I entertain people for a weekend because it's just easy to feed... Crowd. So Sunday morning, Brady was doing pour overs in the Chemex, and we also love to pull out our Chemex to do pour over coffee on the weekend. We listened to records and just kind of reset. So I did a uh, a ham, like a smoked ham that I cut up and sautéed with onions, and threw in some curly kale and uh, made an egg frittata. Brady did his smashed Yukon gold potatoes, and um, it was just really nice, nice way to end the weekend.
2: Yeah. I think we got some shots of Brady with his potatoes too. So much to his
1: <laughs> dismay. <laughs> dismay. Yeah. He may end up on the blog. <laughs> you know what? Brady was just asked. So we have this longstanding joke, you guys. Um, I'm very obsessed with it starting to come out. And I think that being intelligent does not mutually ex- – it's not a- exclusive to liking reality TV, okay? So it's okay for me to like reality TV and Beyonce and swear. I'm, I'm putting all of that out there. Um, but I used to be really obsessed with Rachel Zoe.
0: And yeah. especially – I watched a lot,
1: like a lot of episodes while I was pregnant. And in Stella's first couple of weeks, like when it's like, you just don't even know if it's day or night or whatever. And so we always jokingly would call Brady Raj, who's, you know, Rachel's husband. And, um, he got asked yesterday, further food is today's uh, sponsor. So it's kind of perfect that I've talked about them a couple of times, but they reached out to feature Brady on father's day oh my as one of their fathers. And he was like, yeah, totally. And then I looked at him, we were in bed last night and I was like, looking at him and I'm smiling and I'm like you know that you're officially becoming Raj right mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. you're you're becoming a part of my brand whether you want it or not and it's so funny it's just funny because like he'll call a client and they'll be like oh this is Brady I feel like I know you from Ali's Instagram page mm-hmm. <laughs> so he's, he's becoming a brand within the brand watch out now world oh Brady Miller
2: amazing and he's always getting good feedback from clients for his amazing rapid turnaround of customer yes. service on supplement orders and things like that so
1: and he edits all these episodes, so I think we should just make him blush and we could just keep gushing yeah. on him. Yeah, it's pretty he's, great, he's so attractive. And <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Oh my gosh, um, I we think swear we have we, content, you guys, we're gonna yeah, talk we, about troubleshooting. We do solve, solve problems,
2: <laughs> but I mean, how many of you tune in just for our uh, witty banter? Sometimes, yeah. sometimes we just get into the meat of things and don't even talk about reality TV. Um, (laughs) but, uh, let's talk a little bit. We've had, you know, several episodes about kind of Stella's, um, progression of her palate and your parenting as it relates to food. But I'm kind of curious to dig in just a little bit, um, around your parenting approach and, um, behavior and kind of how you set expectations for her. Because for those of us who really know Stella well, or know you well, um, you know, Stella is such a, she's so wise for her years and she's such an old soul. And I think it really does have a lot to do with the way that you guys parent and communicate with her. I know I'm personally, am taking a lot of notes for her <laughs> someday, <laughs> uh, but I thought it would be fun to just uh, discuss a little bit of your parenting approach and kind of your philosophy.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Loaded question. <laughs> right. I know. I'm
1: like this is a hat that how, I wear without, <laughs> right, right. Well, I I think like I talk about with our relationship with food, with her, and and just one of my biggest focuses, like when we were selecting what school we wanted her involved in and whatnot, I I find that autonomy and and independence are extremely important. And that's what really creates self-confidence, which can have a huge influence on the individual's success and decision-making processes and so much. And with her being a three-nager now, <laughs> that's what it's called, Becky. Oh a three-nager. <laughs> Can you feel it? She's a three-nager. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know. So there's this asserting and 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 discovering boundaries and understanding rules, and that's this constant dance that Brady and I will look at each other like. We don't want to break her spirit. We want her to have autonomy, but we have to have guided decision process. So that's a huge component of where we are right now is like with the foods, you know, as I discussed in uh, episode 124, being a taste adventure, it's, you know, which protein would you like? Would you like wild salmon or would you like grass-fed beef versus just saying, what do you want for dinner, right? So we try to guide decision processes to allow her to have independence and choice and empowerment, but also create an opportunity for both answers to be successful. Um I think it's a really big fail when, when we're not conscious about our communication in the first place, right? All words have meaning. It's a silly thing to ask a child a question when they don't have control of the outcome. For example, do you want to go out to dinner tonight and the child says no and you're like, well, we we're have going. plans. <laughs> we're going out to dinner. What's the purpose of that, you know? So I think that that's something that I see as a often faux pas in parenting is they, they're trying to guide an answer, but if the child answers incorrectly, then you're not honoring their answer. Um, so you have to reframe the questions so that they're guided in a way that the child can have some control, like which book would you like to bring when we go out to dinner today? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and so you're giving them a part of of active participation in the process and empowering along the way. And what we're now starting to implement a little bit further is identifying what a rule is beyond a suggestion or a desire. And that's been interesting, <laughs> like well, but but that's just a rule, Stella and and you know, I do a lot of explaining to her about how you know there's also rules that mom has to follow that mom doesn't like to do and and whatnot and um it's it's just about kind of going in with ensuring that she feels like a, a connected part of of the process and the journey because as an only child and as an only child of an entrepreneur family. She is exposed, I think, to a lot, you know, and a lot of adult activity, a lot of schmoozing, a lot of being quote unquote on. And unfortunately, I think to her disservice, sometimes that pushes her a little bit beyond boundaries of of a normal two or three-year-old. So we really try to stay with rule focus, autonomy and independence, and still maintain connection. Um, And I'm very strong about purposeful communication in the sense of mantra. So like over her birthday weekend, we were talking a lot about how Stella were working on two things this weekend. One is positivity and the other is patience. And with positivity and patience, and I'd pick up my index finger, my middle finger, that creates peacefulness. And she's really into – she goes to the yoga school of peace, right? So she's like really into mantra and mudras and yoga positionings and whatnot. And so it was cool to be able to connect with her about moments when she'd get a little frustrated and I would say, oh, maybe we need to find our breath and practice patience. Or if she would be saying, no. No for no reason and just being combative because that happens with a toddler like she'll just decide that she wants to be oppositional. So, you know, it'll be like, "Oh, Stella, look, there's water on the rocks. The earth must be drinking from the rain." No. It's like, "Oh, well, I see a stream right there. See how the rock got darker? I see that that's moisture." No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm hearing a lot of negativity coming from you. And so it's like a lot of literally like reflecting and listening um, and and trying to not meet it with combative, um, but calling out when she's not being positive and trying to discover how we can find positivity together.
2: I mean, I think that's kind of like how you engage with your clients. So do you have um, specific guidelines, like something that has led you to these these? Parenting approaches. Or... I think it
1: is counseling skills, right? Like cognitive dissonance. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I I hear <laughs> I hear you are wanting to go to the park, but what I'm seeing is you laying on the ground and stomping your feet. <laughs> I'm having a difficult time understanding how we could get to the park if you're not moving your body upright. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So no, I I think we do a lot of that. And I, I think it's just it's just really Getting on her level and honoring honoring big feels. That's one of my like big mantras with her is like, wow, I, I can see that you're having some really big feelings right now. Maybe we want to let them out in a different way. Um, and so, yeah, we just it's, – it's a process and I'm sure my techniques will evolve along with her. Um, but I, I think that that those are some of the big highlights is maintaining connection, focusing on how we can establish positivity and um, patience. And, and and she is really good at, at doing, generally speaking, lion breaths when we call them mm-hmm. out. So that's where she'll breathe in with me. <sniffs> and, and that really mellows her out. And sometimes now that she's really into dinosaurs, I can, she might not want to do a lion breath, but I can be like, how about a T-Rex breath or you know whatnot? And so that's always fun too. Oh yeah.
2: We were doing some of those in the car when she was melting a little bit and just, yeah. it just works. Yeah, <laughs> I know this is something you're going to get a lot more questions about too down the line, so you might have to at some point write a book about parenting. Just
1: you know, oh, <laughs> yeah, I'll stick to recipe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.
2: Oh, um, any I'm other just trying,
1: I'm just trying to survive it along with all of y'all, you guys, yeah, right? <laughs> We're all
0: in this.
2: <laughs> any other big highlights for you from her birthday weekend or other um reflection now that she's. Three? I can't. We were kind of reflecting back on like where you were at three years ago right now, oh which gosh. was not not yeah. a great place.
1: <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's just it's just awesome. It's just yeah. she's she fills my cup, she's the best. And um it, it's been so much fun to to really shift. I think, you know, just like anything, when we bring someone new, whether it's uh Partner, spouse, even an animal companion or whatnot, right? It it helps us to shift focus where you can still grow and develop yourself. Sometimes deeper, sometimes because of patience, or because of compromise, or because of you know needing to just look beyond yourself, and that that within itself grows you. And um, it's been it's been a cool process. I love Happy it. Happy to be her mama. Yeah. And yeah. It's
2: been so much fun getting to be there, you know, along with the process, you know, from meeting her when she was a couple of days old to watching you guys evolve as parents and watching Stella just like become this human of totally her own yeah. personality. Yeah. So
1: I mean, I think one of the biggest things that that sets Brady and our parenting philosophy away from others is just that we speak to her on a really high level and we have pretty high expectations of her. And we kind of have a no BS approach of like, you know, if she wants to have a melt, wow, I can see you're having really big feelings. (laughs) This is not an appropriate place to do that. So I'm going to walk your body away from people that are eating dinner and we're going to talk about why this is not a good use of our energy, (laughs) you know, and then we just, move.
2: Yeah. redirect. She so. gets it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, so fun and can't wait to see all the things to come and, you know, take her on her first shopping spree at Nordstrom when she's a teenager. So Oh gosh.
1: <laughs> Birthday month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So,
2: um, let's move on and move into, um, troubleshooting mode and talk some frequently asked questions from submissions on this round of our keto program. So we're just wrapping up Week six will be. Got we're off this week. One more class
1: to go. Class so we're week eleven. We're week eleven. Um, we're so class next six. week will be. Yeah. Yes, yes. Next week will be class six, which will be week twelve. And uh, we started this time around doing something kind of fun. So we engage primarily with active members through our private Facebook group, and um, that's a really great way, also for prior participants to contribute, you know, address and share recipes, address, swap out ingredients, suggestions, troubleshoot symptoms, help with their own personal success, as well as sharing barriers to success. And uh, Becky and I moderate that, and and Becky's really been rock star with this group because my book deadline has deterred me from being very active this go-around, but it is just Becky and myself. So it's direct from the horse's mouth. You're not getting any dilution as far as who's engaging with you in our program. And um, to help even further... Uh, give an opportunity for more engagement. What we've been doing is at the end of, or the week, the off week, providing a uh, Google form where you can submit questions and then I'll either answer them live in the class, which is uploaded within like three hours of teaching it. So you can watch the class delayed and, um, then I've been doing them otherwise as like a Facebook live and then posting that to the class or today we've gathered some of the more circulating frequent questions and issues. And we're going to just knock out as many as we can in the next 40 minutes. So get ready. I'm sure at least four or five will relate to you. Cause I think I'm going to try to hit like 15 questions and, ambitious. um, <laughs> what, ambitious, but we'll, we'll yeah. see.
2: I'll see what we can do. Yes.
1: And, um, yeah, we'll see how long winded I can, um, you know, not be, but, um, I just wanted to kind of cover some of the big questions, Becky, that we get first, not, not logistics on keto, but questions about our program. So it does run the length of 12 weeks. You get access to the materials for uh, 15 weeks. So there's a three-week kind of give um, for you to continue to watch and re-watch classes. All of the classes you can re-watch as many times as you want within that 15-week window all of the materials uh, are provided to you everything's provided to you on my website so you get access to a portal basically like a virtual classroom when you log in and on one column is all of the handout materials that are released each week when we get to that that week's content and then on the right would be the video links that you watch that are uh, imposed in this virtual classroom video screen that you can expand to full screen if you desire and all classes are about seventy-five minutes at least in length, if not ninety. I think we need to update that too. Seventy-five to ninety-minute classes. That's a good And call. it's yes. never going to be sixty ever. No, <laughs> why even it's not. try? No. Um, And uh, a lot of people ask, you know, if you have to be present at the time of the actual live class. And the answer is absolutely not. In fact, we generally have less than 30% of each round of participants in the live class. So we accept up to 150 people per round. Okay. And we might have like 60, you know, in that class as a max, maybe 50, maybe 40. And um, it's because, you know, people have T-ball or they have a date night or they're working in the evening or it's dinner time. You know, you can't pick a time zone live that works for everyone. (laughs) Um, But it's a very...
2: International participants too. So, you know, people watching in the middle of the night probably doesn't work so well.
1: Right, um, so obviously the value is in getting the content and staying timely with it versus maybe necessarily seeing it in that live time. But the beauty of it being live is that the material is delivered specific to that grouping. The material is timely. So if there's an updated research study that comes out, if there is you know, something going on that I'm personally doing, I'm gonna include that into the curriculum and the way I explain it. And so they're not these prefab classes that are kind of two-dimensional. It's definitely an engaging program. And I just suggest if you can't make the live time, which is totally fine, that you schedule in your course to a consistent time so that you maintain the flow and the release because that's where you'll have the most success. What's a bad idea is if you know you can't make the live class and then you just like don't maintain structure within yourself and you don't follow the timeline of the group. Right. So if class one is on Wednesday evening and you set Saturday morning at 7 a.m. or, you know, Thursday evening at 8 p.m., that's great. That's fine. That's perfect. Or your lunch hour on Friday or whatever it is. But I do recommend having a consistent time or at least writing it into your schedule and committing to it. Do it within your own home. Go to Starbucks. Do what you need to do but commit to watching the class that week of the presentation so that you can really stay with active flow. Because each class, we provide you homework, we provide you different things to focus on. And so you'll grow and expand with the flow if you can stay timely. Sure.
2: It kind of builds on itself versus being something you can cram at
1: (laughs) the final hour
2: trying to get it. Get it all downloaded before we wipe the classroom just doesn't work well.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Any other housekeeping things, Becky, you think are important to share before we go into like the aha moments and such?
2: The next class, I don't know if we said this, but starts July 3rd. So if you are thinking about it around the time of this episode would be a great time to sign up. I know we're going to have a higher volume, I think, than usual because the class also launches right around the time of KetoCon.
1: Yes, which is so exciting. There's going to be 2,500 people out there. And if y'all are coming, definitely be sure to stop by and say hi. I think I'm going to try to set up some form of a meetup, like maybe just the picnic trailer and just like let you guys know an hour and a half block that I'll be there. And I'll come bring a stack of books. And a lot of people have been reaching out that they want to do some form of a meetup. It's just difficult to set up a time that's not disrespectful to some of my friends that are speaking. <laughs> and, you know, in theory, to pull people off site and all of that. So I'm trying to figure out logistics. And Becky and I haven't even discussed uh, loud. I mean, I'm just saying this now live in the moment. Um, but I'll, I'll keep you guys posted, definitely. I'll be putting something on Instagram and I'll definitely be posting the Monday of KetoCon for all of you guys coming into Austin, all of my favorite restaurants as a blog. So yes. that'll be exciting yep. too.
2: Yeah. Maybe over a lunch hour or something, a break of some sort, we can do a Yeah. Yeah. And time. I'll be
1: on a, a medical panel Friday yeah. evening. And then I'm uh, doing my main lecture on Sunday before the lunch break. Well, that sounds like a pretty good time then. <laughs>
2: we'll yeah. see. We'll let you guys know for sure. And, and stay tuned to Instagram and um, also to our newsletter where we always recap everything that's gone on the prior week, give you links to active programs, ticket sales, all the things. So if you're not signed up for our newsletter yet, I'll include a link in today's show notes. And that's just a really good way to get a recap on anything that we're up to, any new recipes that have come out that week, whatever, you know, supplement we're um, promoting or talking about that week, as well as updates from the podcast.
1: Yes. So before we go into troubleshooting issues, let's talk about some of the biggest light Mm bulb moments or aha wins that we've received from participants. So I'll kind of read off a couple and then you go, Becky, and then we'll rock and roll. So one of the first ones that popped up in our uh, form was, Prescription meds can sometimes drive other deficiencies, creating a snowball effect of needing other pharmaceuticals. This is absolutely true and a great point in how my food as medicine keto program goes far beyond carbs, right, as a discussion. So it really layers in functional medicine. And so as you're learning about how to maintain metabolic flexibility and get yourself into a state of nutritional ketosis. We're also talking about things like the role of statin drugs on your production of hormones. We're talking about influence of blood pressure medications on your electrolyte stability, influence on varied forms of drugs and how those can drive deficiencies and how you can use food as medicine to support the driving cause of being on that drug in the first place and also preventing the side effects that you may be set up for when you using that medication.
2: All right. So The next one is learning how to balance my macros through meal planning, as well as identifying areas of stress and how they affect my mental and physical health. So going well beyond macros. And I think the topic of stress was a big light bulb for a lot of participants that was delivered in our class three. And it's kind of that perfect time where it's like Okay, if keto's not working, we need to go deeper. And usually the the big, like you say, Achilles heel for a lot of people is stress.
1: Yep. And so, I mean, we have multiple comments discussing stress as it relates to weight gain slash loss. I mean, we go way in down the rabbit hole beyond cortisol. I speak on adiponectin. I speak on le- leptin, all different hormone influences and the feedback from stress, the role of your adrenaline as a neurotransmitter and dopamine. Um, another person said, lesson three last week when Ali explained the HPA access and how it all works. It was the missing piece of the puzzle for me. Um, another person said, Understanding the idea of process, meaning that there's no overnight fix and that my body actually has to adapt to keto. And that's a big take-home we're constantly stating is, you know, it's not a 1 plus 2 equals 3 calculation. I provide a very detailed entry point as far as a protocol with varied phases, varied tracks. So there's a um, steady and sustain, heal, maintain, and gain, and then a weight loss fast track. And I give you guidelines of how you fit into each track based on what other environmental factors you have going on so that you're not burning the midnight oil, running that hamster wheel, and only releasing more stress hormone and combating the weight loss process, right? So we really process through where your body needs to be at this time and how to listen to the feedback of your body and be flexible and be empowered with the tools of how to adjust based on the shifts that occur within your body. Sure,
2: so each tier has different macro um, guidelines to start with. Each tier has different guidelines as it relates to fasting, whether or not it may be appropriate and how much carb restriction is appropriate. And then you know, we also include a lot of supplement recommendation, and that's what this one person said, managing my stress with supplements finally got into co- ketosis after trying for years. I think that's a big aha for a lot of people yeah who start taking, especially common clear is a big one that I see that with where they're not producing ketones, they're not producing ketones because they're constantly surging cortisol and they start the common clear. And all of a sudden that blood meter starts picking up some ketones. It's very
1: interesting. Yes. Cortisol is a glucocorticoid. (laughs) It it makes glucose in your body. So uh, that's a big aha moment, I think, and allowing that empowerment of we do a lot of assessments and quizzes. So we have a candida quiz. We have a uh, stressed and wired, stressed and tired quiz to help people understand if they're in overdrive of their HPA axis of stress or in adrenal burnout mode. And then we guide them based on supplement regimen, based on their scoring there as well. And we empower with a lot of introspective assessment beyond like looking at the probiotic challenge. We talk about carb cycling and carb reintroduction at class five. And so, during this period of time now with this this sixth group, um as we lead into the final class, uh, some people are gonna be playing with what a carb up would feel like um and then we're right there to catch you if it creates binge eating, if it creates an imbalance um, of you know rapid weight gain or disruptive sleep, or if instead you get a beneficial whoosh and favorable outcomes and it's all about again this idea that. We are in this program to heal and nourish our bodies as the end-all be-all. And nutritional ketosis is a process that can support reduction of inflammation. It's a process that can support hormone reset and rebound. It's a process that can support regulating your microbiome and digestive processes. But it's just one metabolic process. And so at the end of the day, what we're really working for is best outcomes for what our body needs. Yes.
2: Okay. Awesome. So, so much good feedback that we've gotten already. Let's um, jump right in and we'll just start kind of ripping into Q&A. Uh, okay. I'll start with this one. Do menopausal women have any special considerations in keto and is strict keto appropriate for menopause or are carb up still needed?
1: Okay. Love it. So menopausal women, as far as considerations in keto, uh, you know, it's going to depend specifically to the individual. So I think of, of course, fluctuations in estrogen, uh, progesterone, and testosterone when we're going through hormone change, and most markedly generally going to be estrogen and progesterone. Now, in an individual that is new to nutritional ketosis and already in menopause, that's going to be a different place than someone who is in keto and transitioning into perimenopause, right? Because there's either an established hormone change or a transitional hormone period. Uh, In someone that is already in a menopausal state, the big thing we want to watch for is the fact that our adipocytes or our fat cells are estrogenic tissue themselves. So our body fat does have estrogenic influence in the body. And when we lose fat as fuel, we do release estrogen in our body, and we can actually see estrogen dominance. We also release toxins that were stored in our body fat. And a lot of these can be what are called endocrine disruptors, which can interfere with the way that our body regulates hormone. And that hormone could be sexual hormone like estrogen, testosterone, progesterone. It could be hormone like insulin, driving insulin resistance and blood sugar irregularities. Or it could be hormone like cortisol um, or even thyroid hormone and interfering with our thyroid function. So we talk about this a lot, actually, in an episode of the podcast where we talk about why you need keto with detox. I think it's like 87. Ooh, it's something in the 80s. Becky will link it in the show right. notes. I'll link it. <laughs> um It would be creepy if I knew that, but I think I might. Um, But anyway, it's why you need detox with keto, and it goes through really the details of you know when you're burning fat as fuel, the release of hormone and toxins can interfere with your body's results. So you know if you're dealing with a new in a new uh, symptom of like you were hot flash free and all of a sudden you're having a lot of hot flashes, you know we may want to bring in ultimate detox on a daily basis to support that regulation of that hormone in the body um, and help the body to remove the circulating um, hormone and and toxins from our cells. Uh, We also would want to consider in a menopausal woman Um, definitely checking in on their DHEA levels because this is a hormone that declines with age. Um, And DHEA generally we think of as a stress-responding compound that is made by the adrenals and um, can metabolize into estrogen and testosterone. And uh, it works like a stem cell for the brain, so really favorable for cognitive function, memory, focus. And DHEA is required as a building block to make nutritional ketones. So if a woman is really low hormone across the board, DHEA, we talk about this with Dr. Anna Kabeka in um, the Women's Hormones and uh, Hormone Transition episode, where that's a really safe, healthy option to kind of give that building block and also support ketone uh, progress. So those would be two things that I would definitely look into, detox and DHEA. And then if the individual is not um, looking for food freedom in the sense that they're satisfied with their keto selection. They still have more body fat to lose. They would not need to do carb ups or carb cycling. Um, Really, that's for women that are cyclical in age and hormones, and it's to support their um, transition uh, post-ovulation to tell the body with that leptin surge that it is safe, um, and that helps with progesterone level regulation. And so that often will maintain a Full length cycle for a woman that is of menstrual age, that is of a low body fat. That's the people that really need to focus on carb ups.
2: Awesome. Okay. So (laughs) we'll try to go. That was two. We got (laughs) that. was two. We'll try to go a little shorter on some of these other answers, but um, I like this one too. So um, I've been reading the anti anxiety diet book and take the common clear supplements, but I still struggle with periodic anxiety around certain events such as dental and doctor visits. My blood pressure will be very elevated. Are there certain supplements or steps I can take to help with this white coat hypertension or just help me stay calm?
1: Two, for sure, yes. So GABA calm would be the go-to as far as the acute times of stress. GABA calm is awesome because it's chewable. So in about 10 minutes from chewing should have a physiological influence to reduce that sympathetic fight or flight surge in the body and help us to get more parasympathetic, more digest, rest, metabolize, reproduce, mellow. Um, GABA can directly lower your blood pressure. So there you go right there. Um, I haven't seen it cause too low of blood pressure in individuals that run on the lower end, especially those with like adrenal fatigue. So I'm not concerned with that But it can help with that like white coat anxiety-driven hypertension. And then the other thing I would suggest as a lifestyle influence is my 478 breath. You can just Google 478 breath Allie Miller and learn all about it there because I'm in rapid fire mode, Beth.
2: (laughs) And I'll link to anything that Allie mentions in terms of helpful supplements and um, blogs and other content we have out there. All right, Uh, here's another good one that I feel like I get asked more and more as we're coming out, you know, seeing like more and more women's hormone balancing formulas on the market and things like that. So is Chaseberry good for amenorrhea? Do you have a supplement to help with that? How does keto itself help with amenorrhea?
1: Oh, great question. So Chaseberry, I'm not a fan of unless you know that your prolactin levels are elevated. Uh, For many people, prolactin levels are going to be low or normal. Sometimes with PCOS, especially a very stressed individual, prolactin levels will be elevated. So that's the only time Vitex or chasteberry berry should be used. So do not take that without getting a level of prolactin established because that can throw off your hormones and work against your body instead of for it. So I don't have Chase Berry in my line because I see it having a dynamic influence on hormones that can be unfavorable. And I want to make sure that all of my supplements in my line are of like a first do no harm approach, which is also why I talk about DHEA a lot, but I won't have DHEA in any of my formulas because there's some studies that show like history with breast cancer. um, And then also people can take too much DHEA and get hirsutism, like, you know, facial hair growth and such. So anytime something can be kind of maxed or throwing the body off, it's probably not something I'm going to bring in my supplement line. What I bring in and what I would go to if you're dealing with amenorrhea would be the relax and regulate as the first line of defense. And the reason for that is not only does it have magnesium bisglycinate, which is going to help to drive that parasympathetic rest, digest, reproduce, right? Telling the body that neuromuscular relaxation, that the body is safe, um, that's going to be giving good parasympathetic signals to support ovarian hormone production. And the pituitary in the brain will be able to focus on your FSH and your LH and your oxytocin and prolactin and all those hormone regulators instead of shunting all of its energy towards cortisol production in the adrenals. So relax and regulate is key there. And then the other ingredient in there, myo and inositol has been shown time and time again to support ovarian hormone production. So generally speaking, it's called hypothalamic amenorrhea, and that basically means that the hypothalamus, the H of our HPA stress axis, is driving down reproductive hormone and not stimulating that part of the pituitary, and everything in the HPA axis is driving towards adrenal survival, not supporting reproductivity. Um, so we need to get the body to feel safe. and um, Inositol is going to help the body to drive ovarian hormone production, the maglycinate to be in a... a, a- A relaxed, mellow state, release the tension, metabolize excess cortisol. And then I would also bring in, because if this individual is under stress, the calm and clear for sure to help to regulate that access as well. And then I would bring in the third supplement of focus would be my uh, prenatal, the multi-avail mama, to get all of the minerals, the B vitamins, those types of nutrients that can get depleted with history of birth control use. All of those three would be my triad, relax and regulate, calm and clear, and multivale mama for amenorrhea.
2: Awesome. And then the question about how keto itself helps, um, I think we hit that in our episode 139 on the pregnenolone steel. We talked about how fat itself can be a building block for our sexual hormones in our
1: body. Right. Right. So eating a high fat diet should support. Now, if you're eating a high fat calorie restricted diet, you're not going to be able to heal amenorrhea. So that's the only caveat there. You'd want to make sure that, and that's where our protocol would help you um, in our program because we would state if you've lost your period, you can't be in the weight loss fast track restriction. You have to go to the steady and sustain, which would ensure that you're feeding your body what it's demanding calorically speaking, but getting those therapeutic fats as well as an anti-inflammatory real food approach to continue to perpetuate that body getting into a safe reproductive mode.
2: Sure. Um, and then for that individual, depending on where they're starting from, might also consider carb cycling to kind of create a cycle. Um, yeah, slingshot.
1: Talk, yeah, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. And we talk about that back in our episode. I'm sure you have this one memorized too on keto and women's hormones. And 121.
1: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And 75 is called yep, carb cycling. Carb cycling. Yes. So before we go on to a couple more, which we have a lot, yes. let's go into today's uh, sponsor, which is Further Food. I kind of pre-dropped that. <laughs> so we love partnering with Further Food. Uh, their products are the highest quality food as medicine supplements. Their collagen and gelatin is grass-fed, pasture-raised, and wild-caught, if you're doing their cod collagen. It is non-GMO, hormone-free, and antibiotic free. And what we love is that the Further Food community is made up of female owners and entrepreneurs and that they are all about community. Actually, before they even created a product line, they created their community with functional medicine doctors, nutritionists, and other health heroes that share their personal stories. Their blog is always rocking with a bunch of recipes and they like to feature a lot of ours. Um, And so we have a lot of synergy where I've served as their sugar detox coach and all sorts of fun things as Well,
2: yes, we met Ashley and her her team last year at KetoCon, and it's just been a really fun evolution of watching them grow as a business and develop new products to really hit uh, the core wellness niche, like their turmeric tonic and their matcha came out in the past year. Um, And it's been a really fun relationship. They're proud to be women owned and operated, and each of the three women on the core team has actually had a personal experience with chronic illness from IBS to Crohn's to thyroid disease. Um, So because these chronic illnesses, as we know, disproportionately affect women, but they're underfunded, underserved by traditional medicine, the vision of this company is really to create that community-driven, comprehensive platform of food-based wellness insights and accompanying food-based health products. And I think they do a really awesome job of hitting their mission.
1: Yeah, for sure. And their products uh, really hit a lot of our food as medicine focuses. So like the Mindful Matcha, including L-theanine to help to mellow us out, and adaptogenic herbs, as well as some of the warming blends of herbs that they have in their turmeric tonic. Uh, we have a couple of options where we incorporate those into recipes on our blog. And when you go to Further Food to place your order, make sure you put in the code RD at checkout, and you will get 10% off I have fully transitioned our entire household about a year ago and continue to use further food as my exclusive collagen option in the Miller household. And um, Brady and Stella like to use it as well. I love that their collagen doesn't have a hide taste. Um, And so my mom, for instance, actually just does it with water. And that was her feedback when she switched over to further food as well. Whereas some of the collagen out there will have like a Just an off-taste hide. It it tastes like skin. (laughs) Um, So not as delightful, whereas I find that Further Food Collagen can be incorporated into all my keto muffin recipes, pancakes. Uh, I used all of their gelatin when I was making Stella's uh, dirt cake over this last weekend. And so it's definitely a staple in our household. So go on over to Further Food uh, website and uh, put in Allie Miller RD at checkout, and you will save 10% off.
2: All right back to questions. So let's do one on dysbiosis. We've had several, so I'm going to try to kind of combine these. Okay. Um, is it bad to do a candida cleanse if you don't know for sure that you have candida overgrowth? And then I would also like us to address um, why we stopped taking probiotics during a candida cleanse. And then get into the difference between our probiotics. So I can ask those questions again in order if you'd like
1: me to. let's just repeat the probiotic (laughs) one. So uh, the the answer would be, it depends on whose cleanse you're doing. Um, And again, it goes back to the, when I'm selecting a formula to be in the naturally nourished supplement line, it is one that I have used for 10 plus years of clinical experience, at least the active ingredients uh, in that formula with targeted focus and seen amazing clinical outcomes. And so, it's something that I'm investing in to share with you guys to know that is going to be safe, effective, yield results, and also not throw off the balance of your body. So, a lot of cleanse formulas out there will include things like activated charcoal, which I'm not a fan of because that will chelate electrolytes and minerals and can throw off our body's balance, right? Not something to take for a six-week period of time, especially as we're in the summer. It's like a terrible idea. Or if you're doing keto and you're already susceptible to electrolyte instability. There's a lot of other formulas that have irritants to the gut, which can drive leaky gut. Um, So I'm not going to bash anyone else, but what I will say is the naturally nourished beat-the-bloat cleanse... Is very comprehensive and effective and safe. Um, And meaningly, it's safe regardless of if you have candida, regardless of if you have uh, SIBO or large intestinal dysbiosis. And it's not only safe, but it's effective for all of those three different worlds. So when you heard our episode where we talked about, um, I forget the name of it, but it was like SIBO and candida. Candida Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, we pretty much talked about how a lot of the studied compounds—berberine, oil of oregano, lemon balm, thyme oil, uh, caprylic acid—a lot of these compounds have a cross cross-influential impact on being antimicrobial, antifungal, and um, also antimicrobial. And so we can get that antibacterial effect. We can get the antiparasitic effect. We can get the antifungal effect and can kind of get that trifecta while many of these compounds like berberine can also support liver function and bile flow. Berberine can support cholesterol regulation in the body. Berberine can aid with blood sugar regulation and reduction in the body. Um, Oregano can help with antioxidant capacity and lowering free radical outcomes. Oregano can help as an expectorant and support upper respiratory function. So the compounds in my formula, if you do the beat the bloat cleanse with the ebook and the bundle, which I would suggest, it's just the most comprehensive, is going to be safe whether you just want to reset your gut biome, whether you want to attack candida, dysbiosis, or SIBO.
2: Awesome. And Plenty of resources for sure on our website of, we have a candida uh, quiz that I'll make sure I link to. um, And we talk in that candida and SIBO, I think it's called candida SIBO deep dive the episode, but we talk about, you know, you can go and do an expensive stool test to confirm the candida, or if you're dealing with all these symptoms, again, the candida cleanse is a good, safe, effective way. Even if it turns out to be a bacteria versus candida, there's a lot of overlap there.
1: Oh Um, yeah. Like Brady had some really gnarly earwax, sorry, Brady, uh, earwax buildup. And, you know, so he did two week run of consistency hits with the um, beat the bloat cleanse and was able to, to really clear what was going on. And, you know, cause I said to him, I was like, well, you know, that's a sign of of dysbiosis and that's a sign of yeast overgrowth. So let's just hit it hard. And Becky and I both personally do the beat the bloat cleanse at least annually, if not in too many cleanses or something like that. And then I will pulse the formulas if I feel susceptible. Like let's say I went to Napa and I had bubbles every day and, you know, I maybe – did four days out of keto, um, stayed gluten-free, stayed farm to table, but just wanted to be more of a foodie experience and not count my carbs. Um, you know, during that time I would be actively taking berberine and detox packs for sure. (laughs) Um, but I'd be actively pulsing the, the berberine boost. And then I would also travel with the candy activator in case I felt like things were even getting a little bit more yeast out of hand.
2: Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about the probiotic questions now. So why do we stop probiotics during the cleanse? And then let's talk about our three different probiotics or actually four different probiotics in the naturally nourished line.
1: Yeah. So We stopped probiotics in the beginning of the cleanse because it's the focus of really kind of like plowing the gut. So it's to me, honestly, just a little bit of a waste of money and it can interfere in some sense with the outcomes. So probacteria do have competitive inhibition and the goal is that you can post-cleanse consume um, probacteria foods, probiotic-rich foods, and use a quality probiotic supplement to naturally have then a good host defense against pathogens in the food system or future bacteria overgrowth or candida flares and so forth. So probiotics can defend against overgrowth of bacteria, but in the beginning, the first three weeks of the six week cleanse, we really want to just focus on kind of sterility and plowing or cleansing. Then at week four, I do allow people to bring in a dietary serving of probiotics a day or my Restore Baseline probiotic. And that's in my Candida ebook as the guideline. Now, I will say in clinic, sometimes I will instead. Bring in the rebuild spectrum at that time, especially in individuals that have been susceptible with long histories of yeast and uh, candida overgrowth. So, individuals that have been on like prescription nystatin, prescription um, diflucan, fluconazole, and any other antifungal and have had prior treatments for yeast overgrowth, I may bring in the rebuild spectrum probiotic halfway through their cleanse. And the reason for that is that it has Saccharomyces boulardii. And this particular form of probiotic is an antifungal and um, also has been shown to be able to combat other pathogens in the body. So this is one that can kind of start to seed as it also layers a little bit more of that competitive inhibition and that's one of the biggest difference about that probiotic. The Rebuild Spectrum probiotic is a broader spectrum, so it has many strains in it, and one of the featured strains is that Saccharomyces boulardii, whereas the Baseline Restore probiotic is just a 50/50 blend of lacto and bifido bacteria at 15 billion colony forming units. And then the targeted strength probiotic is equivalent to four of the Restore baseline. So it's just 60 billion of that 50-50. The baseline probiotic, the Restore baseline probiotic, um, and the targeted strength probiotic are the same formulation, just different potency. And those are generally my go-to probiotic for individuals overall because they help with our neurotransmitter balance, the lacto and bifido are the two most well-researched strains to support Good balanced neurotransmitters and production in that enteric nervous system of the gut. So that's why I lead with those types of blends as kind of your, again, baseline with the name and the formula, right? And then the, the rebuild spectrum, which is green colored capsule, is the one that has that Saccharomyces bolardi, um, has a more broad spectrum of varied strains to support immunological health. So, rebuild spectrum would be the one you would use after being on an antibiotic. You could use it if you've had a history of yeast if you have low gut diversity um, and or autoimmune history. So I personally take one targeted strength probiotic and one rebuild spectrum every single night because I am prone to candida. I find, I I really feel that it led a lot of my endometriosis and drama um, and infertility. And when I went through that cleanse along with MRT and focused on hormone reset, my body that that was really a big game change. And um, so I forever will be on that rebuild spectrum because it helps my body to regulate yeast and makes me less susceptible to another overgrowth in the body.
2: And then the fourth probiotic I was referring to is the GI GI cleanup. cleanup. You go on that. (laughs) (laughs) So that one's included within um, our second phase of the candida cleanse, which is the gut rebuild as well. Actually, it's in the first and second phase.
1: Yes. Uh, It's
2: included within the first phase. So when we say to stop all probiotics, that's kind of the only one that we allow for in those first couple of weeks. Um, And it's a pretty low dose. I think it's $5 CFU of actual probiotics, but what's cool about um, the GI cleanup is it has macrophage action, which basically means that it can help to eat away at that bacterial or yeast die off and kind of clear plow the field for growth of probacteria. So it's basically making space in the gut, and even in individuals who don't typically tolerate like a higher dose of probiotic, you know, until they've done a cleanse. Typically, that one is well tolerated from the get go. And we actually have you come in at first with two of those a day for the first two weeks when you're going through that real active die off phase and things can get a little bit yuck or (laughs) messy. Um, And then we have you go down to one of those just at nighttime for the remainder of the cleanse and the whole second phase, or at least until you run out of that GI cleanup. So you'll be taking one to two bottles of that during an active cleanse and rebuild mode.
1: Yes. And then the only other thing I would mention about the, right, so the the GI cleanup has that really special patented blend that can actually work as a phage, uh, a bacteriophage, which can basically eat away at the uh, other bacteria to create space for the probiotic. And then, right, it is 5 billion CFU, and it has a blend of bifido and lacto strains as well as streptococcus and then the lactobacillus acidophilus, so a good blend that you'd get from varied forms of foods. And then the rebuild spectrum, the last thing I want to mention on that, that's kind of the unique one, that's green-colored capsule that has the Saccharomyces boulardii. Um, That one also has the lactobacillus planetarium strain, and that's a unique strain that's been shown. I mean, it has streptococcus, thermo... Thermophilus and um, other lactobacillus and bifido strains. But the lactobacillus planetarium has been shown specifically to help with uh, leaky gut um, and gut integrity. So, helping alongside with something like the GI lining support, that would be someone that would go for the rebuild spectrum at that time.
2: Awesome. So hopefully that sheds some light on the difference between all of our probiotics. But as Ali said, she and I both, I think now I'm just post-cleanse right now. So I'm taking the rebuild spectrum and I've taken that historically pretty much forever <laughs> um, and the targeted strength as well. But um, certainly some benefit to um, at least cycling some of those to get some gut diversity.
1: Yeah. And we've uh, done some good cleanup on the supplement side of the website. So hopefully the descriptions are helpful, the, you know, when to use and take and all of that is helpful as well. But you can always message me on Instagram or, you know, shoot us an email question. We're always help ha- happy to make sure that things are clear for you.
2: All right. Awesome. So let's get back to a keto question. Um, see, there's a lot out there about using keto as a tool and cycling on and off of keto. What are your thoughts of staying keto long-term? And then I want to add to that, this other question, just so we can fit as many in as possible. Are some people just not suited for a keto lifestyle?
1: Oh, um, so I like that. uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually talk through this a lot in the program, because again, the idea is that you're using nutritional ketosis as a tool metabolically to support and optimize your body if your body is dealing with like end-stage adrenal fatigue and not responding to DHEA supplementation, um, you know, and you are doing nutritional ketosis yet you don't have that building block. Um, and maybe you're also dealing with carnitine deficiency and not able to produce ketones, then potentially that restriction isn't appropriate for you. Um, when we talk about phases, and not to get confused with, Becky used the terms phase one, phase two, as far as the, the cleanse, we have a six-week candida, beat the bloat, dysbiosis cleanse, and then a bacteria rebuild component of that. Well, in the ketosis 12-week program, I have a phase one, just like my anti-anxiety diet book and cookbook, phase one and phase two, and then a phase 1.5. And then within those phases are the varied categories of the tracks that we mentioned based on calorie restriction, right? So the fast track, the steady sustain, and then the heal, maintain, and gain. So everyone starts with phase one, which is going to be a tighter, more classic keto restriction. And in fact, we even have to empower people to like remove residual carbs from vegetable fibers and be quite restrictive to often get people to kind of wring out that inflammation, wring out that glycogen and get them keto adapted. And then we don't play with carb cycling until the individual's been eight weeks tight keto. Generally speaking, that's the recommendation, right? Um, So the question of whether you should consider carb cycling is where is your body at that point of your fat adaptation? Uh, what are your body's needs, and what is carb cycling going to provide for you, right? So there's not a one plus two equals three equation here. And there's not a because Ali said this is the way. It's really listening to and honoring your body. So we go through a thought process of, you know, if you're dealing with a neurological condition and keto has reduced your seizure frequency or keto has reduced your tremors near Parkinson's disease or aided with your dexterity and strength with multiple sclerosis or, you know, your um, assessment with your uh, tumor progression has improved since you've been tight keto. Then by all means, I think those individuals should stay tight keto And they're going to get best bang for their buck, best metabolic outcomes, best health outcomes, probably without carb cycling. Now, they're still within each of those individuals. Could be a variation that might be appropriate, but generally recommended that those people would stay tight. Now, if you're doing it for weight loss, metabolic effect, like uh, reducing uh, hemoglobin A1C and changing from diabetic into pre-diabetic into non-diabetic those people also likely would benefit from staying tight, right? Because we really want to reset their body's metabolism. But if you are stressing out about celery, um, if you are seeing a negative health shift in your body, like you were sleeping deep and all of a sudden you're waking in the middle of the night every night, um, if you are feeling chronically fatigued and flat and not achieving that keto high, if you are having hormone imbalance, um, so if you have shortened your cycle, it was a normal 28-day cycle, and now it's 23, 24, and you're not ovulating If you are seeing loss of um, hair, all of these things are, are likely that you're overstressing the body. So you may decide that that's a time to play with carb cycling, or you may decide that that's a time to adjust another layer of your keto journey. Like maybe you were someone that was also doing intermittent fasting, calorie restriction, exercising, and undersleeping. And you're gonna say, well, The hair loss could be based on just overall, maybe I'm not eating enough because my appetite's so regulated. I'm not getting in enough protein. Um, And I heard Allie make that connection of protein. So I'm going to first start with protein focus before I carb cycle. Um, maybe that individual knows they're getting 90 grams of protein and everything else is appropriate and they've mellowed out and they're going to try carb cycling to see if that resets their their body's hormone relationship. Um, so there really isn't a yes or no answer of whether carb cycling should happen. There are definite people that when they're running low leptin, if they're dealing with anxiety, um, insomnia, and a shortened cycle, those are the people that I, and and they run at a low body fat because your leptin hormone is made in the gut in response to the fat you're consuming, as well as made in your body fat. So if you're running with low body fat, low fat composition then you're likely susceptible to lower leptin. And that's the category of people that likely benefit from strategic carb cycling. Um, But it doesn't have to be so rigid in that sense where it could be that it feels free for you to do once a month and you plan it based on your social calendar And that's okay because we're talking about food. You know, we're not talking about a drug. We're not talking about something that has to be deleterious and harmful. And sometimes the celebration and the ceremony and that emotional freedom allows greater compliance, less binge eating, less feeling of failure, and more longitude of success by having the freedom of carb cycling on occasion. Um, So I just think that it's important to think about your why. Why are you doing it? How is your body going to respond to it, and then try to neutrally observe the feedback of your body within the process? Yeah,
2: I think that's the most important part is listening to your individual body because we can't answer the question of whether keto is right for for you and for you and for you. You know, you've got you know a whole um, life experience of of you know what you've been through in your body and observing you know how you do in the different phases and observing how different foods. Feel and observing how tight keto feels versus carb cycling, and and you know vice versa. And I think that's something with our program that's really unique, as we encourage you to listen to the feedback of your body and not just go tighter, tighter, tighter. There's not a one size fits all type of approach for everyone. Everyone's keto is going to look a little bit different.
1: Exactly, and we unpack varied ways of troubleshooting. So by the time we're talking about carb cycling, you know we've already addressed. Where's your CRP at? Where's your inflammation at, right? We've already addressed detox and hormone dominance. We've already addressed HPA access and the role of cortisol throwing off your metabolism. We've already addressed dysbiosis and the microbiome throwing off your process. So you've already looked under so many different rocks, right? And you've probably started some form of a supplement regimen to support your Achilles heel that you should be in rock and roll mode. And beyond that, we take lifestyle and diet tweaks, like three different forms of fasting. We talk about doing a three-day bone broth fast. We talk about keto carnivore. We talk about elimination diets and how you can understand what might work for you at what point, risk factors to look into feedback from your body that would be telling you that things aren't going right and how to tweak and adjust that. And that's what's super unique is it's, it's less sexy for me to have a very broad program like this, right? I will never be someone that's going to be branded as a one-stop shop, but that's because we're all unique beings. And I think that that would be a little bit ignorant of me. And as a functional practitioner, I know that we are all complex and I know that what works for you in the summer of twenty. 19 might be different than what's going to work for you in the summer of 2020 and in the spring and in the winter based on so many different variables. And my biggest win for my participants in this program is like you said, Becky, to connect and listen to the feedback of their body and to be empowered with what to do once they've listened. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think that's a a really good place for us to Leave off for today, unless you want one more.
1: <laughs> no, I think we save the rest for okay. later. We've gone over our hour mark. We'll do, yeah.
2: and you kind of hit my last question, which was what to do if we're not seeing weight loss. I think a lot of what you just said, you know, resonates. And, and um, checking into CRP, looking at detox. So do the program if you're not seeing yeah. weight loss. <laughs>
1: yes. So hopefully we'll see you in there. Um, And uh, thank you all for tuning in and letting me get all nostalgic uh, mushy mama in the beginning. And um, I'm so grateful for all of you guys to be a part of the community. I hope that my approach to metabolic flexibility and using keto as a tool versus an end-all be-all Bible um, is freeing for you. And you see that as a positive way to, again, empower your body with food as medicine. Food should be something that is used to empower you not to have power over you, not to create shame, not to create guilt, to create joy, pleasure, and freedom, and to experience your body pain-free, to experience your body feeling light and and feeling grounded and really experiencing that vessel of your soul to let your, your inner self shine. So thanks for tuning in. We will catch you next week. As always, if you're loving what we're doing. Please go over to Instagram and um, tag Ali Miller RD when you're listening to the episode. Share on your page. Um, sharing is caring. Share your favorite blog recipe. All the things that you're doing. And um, hope to see you in the next program. You can sign up today. Spots will sign uh, will fill up. So go on over to AlliemillerRD.com backslash ketosis hyphen class, and we will see you July third.
0: Thank you.